Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. Studios of Cumulus Media Knoxville. This show belongs to you at 656 9900. 656 9900. The sports you need before sunrise is on the air. You're inside the starting lineup with Tyler Ivins and Will West on 99.1, the sports animal. Look at Cater showing up that Carson Newman education this morning. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. The, the show this morning has been what the kids are saying, blowing and a-going. Hour number two of the starting lineup. Good morning. Tyler Ivins, Will West. Speaking of the Carson Newman grad himself, he's also on the beat covering the University of Tennessee. Good morning to you, Eric Kane. Halfway home before Tennessee, Kentucky. They meet at Kroger Field this Saturday night. It's a 730 kickoff. You can hear right here on the Sports Animal. Yeah, and Tennessee uh, returned to Haslam practice field Tuesday afternoon in full pads, preparing for Saturday's showdown with Kentucky. All three quarterbacks took reps in practice, handing off to running backs and individual before later throwing against air. Brian Maurer typically led the charge as the freshman was seen rolling out, completing passes with relative ease Tuesday afternoon. Redshirt freshman JT Shroud usually followed, while redshirt junior Jerry Garantano came in behind. Offensive lineman Darnell Wright, ankle, and Jameer Johnson, knee, were full padded participants in individual drills yesterday while the media were made available. The two missed Saturday's win over UAB. Seven players met with the media. We were there a couple hours. It was a good time catching up with some of the guys. Uh, kicker Brent Samaglia uh, spoke after reeling in a National Player of the Week honor. Interestingly, get this, the junior said he started playing football in seventh grade, and that year his coach told him to quit football because he wasn't any good. Smaglia added that he's never really played anything but kicker in football, and he was a goalkeeper in high school. A lot of people were wondering, did he play any linebacker or anything in high school? Because he kind of has that fiery uh, attitude, and he kind of... he's kind of built pretty thick for a kicker, but uh, always been a kicker. But I thought that story about his coach on the quit uh, was, was pretty funny. Uh, others who met with the media, yeah, Jalen uh, Jalen McCullough, Matthew Butler, Juwan Jennings, Daniel Batuli, Trey Smith, Aubrey Solomon met with the media for the first time as well. All that video, all that audio is up at 991thesportsanimal.com. Tennessee also notched its 17th commit for the 2020 Clash of State. It's a mammoth offensive lineman from Texas. Uh, he's a three-star rated by 24-7 Sports. Kyrie Miller stands at six foot four. 365 pounds. He was once a 400-pound guy. The projected tackle can also play guard. Miller visited Tennessee just over the weekend. But this morning, here in a a little less than an hour, Tennessee is going to be anxiously awaiting for uh, a commitment announcement from in-state four-star defensive end Jay Hardy of Macaulay High School in the Chattanooga area. Hardy will announce his commitment for the class of 2020 at 8 o'clock. His decision will come down between Tennessee, Georgia, Auburn, Georgia Tech, and Florida, so I'll keep tabs on that here in uh, just about an hour, and uh, let you guys know who he chooses. So but Miller six eight three seventy nine. Yup, yeah, six eight three seventy nine. That is not a small man. And look at his other offers. I saw SMU and Lamar. So it wasn't like he was a highly recruited guy. This has to be a just maybe this is a project we bring on, and he's so dang big, and it looks like from what you can see huddle video. Who knows? But 
kind of a mauler. So let's see if we can we can convert him into something here. From, right? from everything I've read and from everything I looked up the last couple of days, uh, he's kind of flown under the radar, picked up some offers here of late. But he used to be a really, 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 really big guy. And he's dropped about thirty pounds. Okay. I love how you said really four times because like he's already one for every hundred pounds. About four ten is way too big to way yeah. too big. Yeah. And I mean he's he's three seventy now, so that's still huge. I, I think Tennessee's going to want to get him down to about three forty. But okay. anyway, he'll be a work in progress, like you said. But that's uh, right. But if he but if by the time he's a junior and he's three forty oh yeah. and he's you know what I mean legitimately playing snaps for you at Tennessee, mm-hmm. that's okay. That's four offensive line commits for the class of 2020 as well. So all that video audio up at sportsradiowml.com. I'll let you guys know about Jay Hardy here on the next hour. Practice today at 4 o'clock. Jeremy Pruitt at 6 o'clock. And uh, it's Wednesday hump day before Kentucky. Today's UT football practice reports brought to you by Pools by Heritage. Get your pool started now from design to construction to maintenance. One call does it all. Call Pools by Heritage at 947-7527. Or visit online at PoolsByHeritage.com. 656-9900-1866-656-9900. Tennessee basketball, Tennessee football. And we look at the college football playoff rankings last night. Two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. Clemson is on the outside looking in after week number one. That ends the 24-week stretch by the Clemson Tigers. More to come on the other side. Tyler and Will on 99.1 FM, the sports animal. This is a Tennessee Education Lottery Sports Minute. All right, it was a fun night of basketball last night for the opening out of college hoops. Of course, Lady Balls picked up the 72-68 win over ETSU. Tennessee men's team, 78-63 win over UNC Asheville. In the State Farm Championship Classic, it was a doubleheader. Number four, Duke outlasted number three, Kansas, 68-66. Number two, Kentucky beat number one, Michigan State, 69-62. Some other scores, 10th ring Villanova took down Army, 97-54. Eighth seeded Gonzaga topped Alabama State 95-64. Number 14 Memphis down South Carolina State 97-64. Some injury news around the NFL. Panthers quarterback Cam Newton was placed on IR with a foot injury. He'll miss the remainder of the season. Titans quarterback Malcolm Butler was placed on IR as well with a broken wrist. Double scores from the NBA. Lakers defeated the Bulls 118-112. LeBron James a triple-double 30-10-11. Celtics on the Cavs 119-113. Add quick cash to your next Tennessee lottery for a chance to win up to $500 instantly, plus a chance to win the jackpot drawing later. Have some fun now and later with Tennessee cash from your Tennessee lottery. Hey, it's 713. Get a check of the roads of Pete Michael's traffic. Good morning. I'm Eric Kane. Is it that opportunity again for you to score a Ford? Yeah. Ted Russell Ford, our friends at Kingston Pike, giving you that chance. All you have to do is correctly predict this weekend's Tennessee-Kentucky football score. 656-9900. Anita's been waiting patiently. Anita, good morning. It's Tyler and Will. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Anita, we're doing well. You know how this works, and I think you've probably had an opportunity to think this over. So, Vols, Cats, 730 kickoff in Lexington. What's the final score? Balls 24, cat 17. Anita, here's how it works. If John and Jimmy draw your name on Friday, and if Tennessee knocks off Kentucky 24-17, not only will they be 500 on the year, but you're going to be the owner of a $45,000 truck, a Ford F-150 specifically from our friends at Ted Russell Ford and Will. If Anita wins the keys to that truck against Kentucky, guess what? We have an off week, 
But then there's going to be keys to a truck for Missouri. There are going to be keys for a truck to Vanderbilt. And you have to assume keys for a truck to a potential fingers crossed bowl game. Yeah, our buddy Andy White will have a, there will be every single week this season. Andy White, the people at Ted Russell Ford are going to have a Ford F-150 for you, no matter how many of them that they give away. Anita. Eric Kane's going to get more of your information. Tennessee 24, Kentucky 17. Right, so I was asked this yesterday. I went on with Johnny Franks in Nashville, and he just asked me, what does this game mean for Tennessee? Like if, let's just say on the one hand, Tennessee wins this game. What does that mean for Tennessee? What it means for Tennessee is that you continue beating your rival north of you. You're now back to 500, and you're in a similar position that you were in last year, where you just need to win one of your last two games to go bowling. That's if you beat Kentucky. And then you do it against a team in Missouri who has embarrassed you by 26 points back-to-back years. And then you're setting up a matchup against a team in Vanderbilt who, again, you could be in a similar position where you have to win to get into postseason play. So what it does is, it look, if nobody is officially back on board, if people are waiting for one more or two more signs that Tennessee has turned the corner, you beat Kentucky, you beat them at their place, a team that's got a pretty good offensive and defensive line, if you're 500 again, then people, I think, are 100% back on board with Jeremy Pro. Uh, Eric Kane, if Tennessee beats Kentucky, what does that mean? I think it's just one more step in the right direction, like Tyler said, of beating the teams you're supposed to beat, showing that Tennessee is off to a good start, finishing the season like it didn't last year. And, uh, again, it's it's showing uh, that it's showing you you're beating an in- inferior team. I mean, Kentucky's playing shorthanded on offense right now. I mean, Lynn Bowden Jr. is a fantastic player, but he's not a quarterback. So you just got to take care of that. All right. So I said that what it means is, one, Tennessee has already turned the corner. But turning the corner doesn't mean you've arrived. It just means you're now heading back in the right direction and you're no lo- the ship's no longer taking on water. And if you win this game, it means you've taken another step in that you beat another team that's one of those teams that you have to get past to be, to, to then set your sights at Florida Georgia and those teams in the SEC East and also winning your first game on the road would mean this is a little bit more for real this rebuild with it right if you lose this game what does that mean I'll start with you Kaner I mean if you lose this game then that's just another example of how you're you're fumbling down the stretch to end the season it's showing you that your team is not as mentally tough as you like to think because you can't win on the road and that's something that players and coaches have, have talked about this week as well um, I think it's a step back, and now, I mean, you know, Tennessee can still go, you know, be bowl eligible if they win the the final two after that. But I think this is a game that Tennessee needs to win on Saturday. I think people need to stop living in the past. And if you lose to Kentucky, Tennessee fans all of a sudden are playing the hypothetical game of, "There's no way Georgia State and BYU are better than us. We should have won those games and never been in a position where Kentucky puts us back on this teeter totter world." And I think Jeremy Pruitt is trying to get all these kids and all these players and these student athletes to say forward momentum, focus, moving forward, moving forward. You've gotten better since Georgia State and BYU. We've moved on from the Alabama and and the Georgias and the Floridas. Let's beat the opponents that we know that we can beat, and let's continue to put this program in a better position. And losing to Kentucky is not putting this program in a better position. For me, I think it means that you beat Miss – I will probably look – if they lose this game, you haven't taken as many steps as we think that you have. And maybe it was a couple special teams plays that were the difference in you beating South Carolina, not that you just went out there and beat them. And especially if you lose this game because you get beat up front. It's like, okay, well, you didn't take the steps up front that we thought you took. Now, I'll say, I think Tennessee wins this game. I think Tennessee wins this game pretty handily. Not a blowout because I don't think you're, anybody's going to really just blow out a Mark Stoops team because they're, they're just so well coached. Mm-hmm. But 31 21, 27 17, something in that neighborhood, I think is what you're going to see the score be. 
couple scores. I think Tennessee gets this victory. But if you don't win this game, then we all have to pump the brakes. Not a, not pump the brakes. We need to slam the brakes on what we think. Well, get to a bowl game. Just we're we're all talking about getting to a bowl game as if it's if this team's birthright at this point. And and seven and five as if it's the far most likely scenario. I do think it's the most likely scenario six and six. I do think it's a better than not option that they get to seven and five. But I I do want I think if they lose this game it will be an enormous reality check I think for a lot of us here in Knoxville with how far this rebuild and how far this turnaround has gone. You want a reality check? I've lost the last two five burning questions to my co-host trying to get my first dub of the work. Wait, is that even accurate? Side. Because you you're like you literally never whenever you say well I lost yesterday and you yeah, promo yeah. it you're always wrong. You have won Monday and you won Tuesday. Did I really? Okay. Yes, you did. It's 2-0 and to start this week. I'm trying to pick up my that first was, That's w. called the Phil Jackson caner. That's when you weren't the official ahead of the game so that you can get a couple calls your way. Did I just do that? Did I just do that? Eric Kane, you smell nice this morning. 99.1 <laughs> FM. You're listening to the Esports Animal. Oh. All right, we're halfway home on your Wednesday. At Tyler Ivins at Will West WNML at underscore cater judge juror executioner. This is your day three Wednesday. Five burning questions. Head to head, toe to toe, mono a mono. It's time for five burning questions. Brought to you by Life Safety Inspections, saving lives one extinguisher at a time. It's not just a motto; it's how we do business. All right, gentlemen, has Cam Newton played his last game for the Panthers? Not yet. Ooh. I, don't, I believe not yet. I, I still believe that they think Cam Newton can lead them to a Super Bowl next year. No, but sometime soon. Has Cam Newton's skill set diminished since his MVP year? Absolutely. Is Cam Newton ever going to be the same quarterback he used to be? Never. But I still believe that the Carolina Panthers realize that they can get a little bit more out of Cam Newton. They just got to improve that defense. Hey, yeah, Cam Newton's 30 years old right now. He'll be 31 next year. I mean, think about how long you can play beyond 31 in the National Football League normally. The answer is yes, though. He's played his last game. They put him on the IR, and they're going to move on from him during this offseason. And a lot of it's just a matter of if you cannot pay the quarterback, you don't pay the quarterback. And you can use that to build around Kyle Allen or whoever else you might go with. But I do think Cam Newton's played his last game with the Carolina Panthers. All right, watch Skip or Ren Dr. Sleep sequel. Dr. Sleep sequel to The Shining opening in theaters this week. All right, I love The Shining. Love The Shining. Fantastic movie if you've never watched it or anything like that. Um... But it's going to be a big skip. <laughs> if it's 75% of Rotten Tomatoes, that's fine. I just, I don't know if I need to see the kid from The Shining as a grown-up played by Ewan McGregor. I think I'm good on that. So that's going to be a big old skippage for me. Watch. You are Stephen King. You hooked me as a kid with a book called It. You turned it into a movie. You got me double time. Now I'm a triple dip with The Shining. Have you seen some of the previews of this movie? Now, the chances that this movie is just as good as the previews, probably. But I'm just going to let you know, this is going to be a really, really good flick that you're going to be sad that you missed out on. All right, today is National Nachos Day. What toppings go on the ideal plate of nachos? Ideal plate of nachos begins with chips. Then you get chicken and steak on top of the chips. You put cheese on it, which then includes lettuce, tomatoes, salsa, sour cream, and jalapenos. Chips, cheese, sour cream, jalapenos, black olives, 
beans. Pass. I'll let you go black or refry, whichever one you want to throw on there. But beans that you have on those bad boys. Uh, salsa, guacamole is going to have to be on those bad boys as well. Pass. And um, I'm trying to think. Do Where's I want to throw protein? lettuce? I'm not throwing lettuce. What's your protein? I said chicken. Go throw oh, okay. chicken on that. So, yeah, oh, I didn't get chicken. Chicken's okay, on yeah. Okay. Throw chicken on that. So chicken is the only meat, although I did have pot roast nachos this weekend, and it was delicious watching the cocktail party. All right, pot so roast nachos. Pot roast wow. nachos. You guys might have had some nachos last night when you were trying to learn something about the Tennessee men's and women's basketball teams. What did you learn from both uh, ball hoops teams? I think from the men's team, you learned that they are there are going to be growing pains. There are going to be struggles. They're going to get blown out by a couple teams this year, but that's going to happen. Um, the, but if the outside shot has fallen, they're going to blow some teams out, and they're going to be able to hang with a lot of teams you didn't expect. And these ponds is going to be better than people thought. For the Lady Vols, man, is it going to be an uphill battle. It just is. It's going to be an uphill battle. I think they make the NCAA tournament, so I don't think it's going to be as bad as last year, but they are not going to jump right into being a top Six, seven seed in the nation, though, just because Kelly Harper's there. We learned last night that this team is supposed to be led by Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden, and it still will. But you need to make room for a third person. Eve Pons has worked his rear end off to be put in this position, and it's going to pay off for him this year. Eve Pons is going to end up being the guy that we're talking about the entire basketball season. And a lot of people, they're not going to miss out on next year on pre and postseason awards. I think Eve Pons has worked his tail off. So, you know, congrats on the, on a career night. Hopefully it's a big year, but overreaction Wednesday here on the starting lineup. Okay. We'll remember back, remember we'll, how we started the okay. show? We'll come back to it November the 6th about what happened. And then whenever they're playing Wisconsin and when they're playing Wisconsin. SEC. Hey, that's fine. And I, I will gladly take that out. Okay, good. Right. Right, that'll be awesome. Hey, do you agree with the college football playoff committee's first rankings? Clemson hasn't played anybody. They need to be on the outside looking in. But then I also question whether or not Ohio State needs to be the number one team in the land. I agree with the four teams who are in, but I don't agree with the rankings. If you want to overreact, Ohio State shouldn't be number one. No, they probably shouldn't. LSU should be number one. Bama should be number two. Ohio State should be three. And Penn State, certainly Penn State, they deserve it. They should be number four. No, I disagree. And I think that they moved the goalposts all over the place for this. Ohio State's over LSU because the eyeball test. Alabama's over Penn State for the eyeball test. Why is it Clemson in the top four? Oh, because they haven't played anybody because their schedule. Well, their schedule's equivalent to both Ohio State's and Alabama's. So why would you leave them out for the schedule? Yet again, look, I, it's not the end of the world. It's going to work itself out. But no, LSU should be the number one team in the nation. They've beaten more quality teams than anybody else in the game. All right, Tyler, you about lost it. But, uh, Will, I can do without the, like, olives, the ugh, beans, the ugh, guac. Ugh. Wait, wait, are we anti-guac? Are you guys anti-guac? I'm just not a big a- avocado guy. Just not an avocado anti-guac. guy. What are we even doing here now? Ben on Twitter, breaking news. How are we supposed to do the last hour and a half of this show? <laughs> Tyler Ivins doesn't like good nachos. <laughs> yes. At underscore Kaner, at Tyler Ivins hey. on Twitter, rip them for their lack of guacamole appreciation. So my first like real job, like for, like the first five summers, uh, once I started driving, actually I started when I was 15, uh, I worked at Smoky Stadium. I made pizza, but they had those barbecue nachos, man. Those are the best oh. nachos I have ever had in my life. 407 nachos, yeah. you've got me for life. Mm, so good, so good. And by the way, can I just say for the people that are listening right now at 407 nachos, please next year when I come back up there, no, 407 nachos, that's what I call them. Okay. I actually had a buddy one time going, <laughs> dude, you're visiting from out of town. This is when I still worked at Iowa. You were visiting from out of town. Where do you want to go get something to eat? Do you want to go eat at this restaurant, this restaurant, or this restaurant? I'm I go, good on the Double Play Cafe. Give me some 407 nachos. I said, why don't we just go up to 407 and get nachos? And we literally sat up there during a day game, and we watched the smokes play whoever they were playing 
407. But can I just say, I don't need you to give me the nachos concession stand guy with cheese in the cup on the side and barbecue sauce cup on the side, so I sprinkle it on myself. No, lather that stuff up. Yeah. Do it yourself. Put all the barbecue and put all the cheese you want on there myself. Life Safety Inspections bringing you five burning questions. LSITN.com for life safety inspections. Anything to do with fire suppression systems, they are the ones to call. They're licensed inspectors. Sales, service, installation, they can do it all. Life Safety Inspections. You'll love Chip Dooley and the people there at Life Safety Inspections. The two things that I don't like that it seems that it's unanimous that all my friends do like, fried okra and black olives. I can't do either of those. Uh, I, you know, I could, do, I could take or leave fried okra. I like, can't make a living off fried okra, but if it's there, I mean, I can... There's somewhere around town that has buffalo fried okra. Hmm. And I don't remember who it is now that has buffalo fried okra. But it's not bad. It's solid. I always go to my favorite watering hole there off of uh, off of uh, Paper Mill and North Shore, and they always order okra. And they're like, Ivan's, get in on this fried okra. And I'm like, no, it's cool. You can go ahead and slam your head in a car door. I'm not going to touch your fried okra right now. Okay. It's not happening. Be- okay, best end game as you're watching food, though, is still wings, right? Over nachos. Not to disrespect nachos on National Nacho Day. And I have to tell you, the pot roast nachos were spectacular, by the way. Uh, uh, I'm a big, big cheese dip guy, but you can't, can't go wrong with wings. Top three options. Rotel, any kind of yeah. like Rotel dip. Mm-hmm. You give me wings or you give me chili chips and cheese. You give me a Petro yeah. of any shape or form. You're going to oh, go there. Yeah. Oh, no, no. We'll is, is pizza considered a, a snack or an Like, you know, where does pizza fall, fall into Pizza's this a snack. Okay, pizza's then, a then snack. Pizza, pizza's in there for me, too. It, it kind of it can be. So I also eat so many wings that it no longer is a snack at that point. <laughs> so, <laughs> once you're 30 in, you know what I mean? It's no longer a snack. What does it mean for Tennessee with a W tomorrow uh, Saturday against Kentucky? I'm starving. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I am so hungry. Are you kidding me right now? I'm being polite enough not to eat in front of Ivan's right now because because I've got about a uh, half pound of chicken and some uh, red beans in the other in the there refrigerator. There are moths right oh, now no floating guac. around my stomach. David, Michael, your phone call six five six ninety nine hundred. Final segment to hour number two of the starting lineup is next on ninety nine one FM, the Sports Animal. This is a Tennessee Education Lottery Sports Minute. Down, down low, Pons. He turns, takes, faces Jude, puts it up, a fall away shot. is good by Epon. Wow, nice move. Epon's a career night. 15 points as Tennessee took down UNC Asheville 78-63. That was Bob Kessling on the Vol Radio Network. Monte Turner led the charge with 17 points. Lady Vols also got that dub. It was the first four. Coach Kelly Harper, 72-68 over ETSU. Zay Green. Led the team with 17 points scored. Earlier in the day, Lady Vols forward Renia Davis was named the John Wooden Award Women's Basketball Preseason Top 30 Watch List. Named to that watch list. Tennessee football's defensive back Bryce Thompson was named to the Benaric, was named the Benaric Award Player of the Week for his three interceptions against UAB on Saturday. And then the events just keep rolling on in for Bryce Thompson, those honors throughout the week. And the first edition of the college football playoff rankings had number one, Ohio State, followed by LSU, Alabama, Penn State, and the top four. The first two out, well, it was Clemson and Georgia. The rest of the top ten, Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, and Florida. Add quick cash to your next Tennessee lottery for a chance to win up to $500 instantly, plus a chance to win the jackpot drawing later. Have some fun now and later with Tennessee Cash and your Tennessee lottery. 742, get a check of the roads of Pete Michaels traffic. Good morning. I'm Eric Kane. Shall we take it to the phones? To the phones we go at 656-9900. You're inside the starting lineup. 
99.1 FM and 9.90 AM. Michael's been waiting patiently. Hey, Mike, thanks. It's Tyler and Will. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. I uh, heard Will mention something about eating the nachos and watching the cocktail party, and I... Uh, did anybody happen to catch the post-game interview or see the hug between Kirby Smart and uh, Jake Fromm? I tell you, everybody talks about you know major college football these days being a business and it's all about the money and everything else. If you see that post-game hug between uh, Jake Fromm and Kirby Smart, you know that's all about dogs and beating Florida. That was that was a that was a father hugging a son. You, you just don't see that kind of bond in today's sports, and it was really, really refreshing. Yeah, and, and it's one of the – here's the thing I think that people don't realize. I do think for a lot of the people, the number crunchers and things like that, it is just about dollars and cents. For the NCAA, the conference, it's about dollars and cents. Coaches, though, with kids, I've even been told by a couple people that worked in some very big-time athletics departments that the stupidest thing that it, they could ever do is allow the coach to decide the punishment for a player – because it's going to be like your kids, and you're always going to think you could salvage them, right? And that's why you see coaches try to, I don't want to say cover up, but not really maybe remove a guy from a team that's just a horrible detriment because they love those players like they're their own kids. Yeah, you totally can see that. So, I don't know. I'm not saying that Georgia is going to be Georgia's year, but there's some real special team chemistry. And I tell you, I think Alabama's going to lose this weekend. Even if Tua is a game-time decision, boy, Orgeron's going to send the house. And Tua, I think the writing's on the wall on this. He's showing a propensity to be injured. And teams are going to go after him. Georgia knocked him out. Somebody else knocked him out. Now, he's injured again. I mean, even if he's healthy, he can't be 100%. I, I, see, the Tigers, I see the Tigers rolling him in Tuscaloosa. I see the Tigers covering a 10.5-point spread so I can get my nachos from my co-host, Michael. Thanks uh, for the call. So here's the thing. I think that my, I, I don't think Georgia's play calling offensively is aggressive enough. And for them to be able to to take that shot. I do think with Tua, the problem with Tua is the problem. Tua told us at media days. He tries to get it all in one play, holds the ball too long instead of just taking what the defense gives him and getting it out of his hands. And so it's almost like success has been a detriment to Tua a little bit at times. And I do think against Tennessee, he saw how easy it was, and he tried to get too much with the interception. And I could hang on to the ball, and then all of a sudden he had nowhere to put the ball. And then the same thing happened with that play where he was injured. So to just take him what the defense gave him, Tua decides, I'm going to roll out, extend this play, and wait for the big play to happen, and he ends up getting injured. Uh, chances Georgia makes it to the college football playoff. Yes, that's also including a victory in the SEC championship. Less than 15%? Well, do, do they increase the – yeah, I, I would say less than 15%. Do they get – you can always get more aggressive with your play calling. Sure. And if they get more aggressive with their play calling, Georgia has the pieces there to be able to win. But right now, what they miss, I think Georgia does, is somebody that will tell Kirby Smart you're wrong. Hey, I disagree with you. Here's why. Do they not have a good cop, bad cop thing going I, on? I don't, think so. I don't think so. And I do think it's, uh, look, I, I think the number one reason Chaney wanted to come here was because I think him and his family, his family wants to live here. And his family wants to Agreed. settle here in East Tennessee is what I was told when, when I was told what, before his name was mentioned by anybody, I was told I was speaking at a church in Rocky Top and a couple of guys came up to me and said, hey, I'm told this by somebody by a mutual friend with Jim Chaney. He wants the job. And the reason why is because his family wants to live here. That's it. He doesn't really know Jerry Pruitt. Uh, but I do think there was also a butting of heads between Kirby and, and Jim Chaney that Kirby didn't like that some of the ways Chaney wanted to go about things and Chaney didn't want to be as conservative as Kirby wanted him to be. Let's get to David's phone call. David, Tyler, and Will, good morning, and thanks for the patience. Uh, good morning. My pleasure. Hey, just a heads up. I hope you guys have good attorneys. Uh, in your contract, uh, in the very fine print, um, it says, if you do not like guacamole, 
especially guacamole and nachos, that's cause for termination. Ooh, I need, wow. I need just, a lawyer, though. Well, it looks like just a, a heads okay. up button. I'm going to call my guy up this morning, David. Thank you, you, David. David, I appreciate you you finally bringing some some sense to this program. No problem. And uh, I have two questions for you guys, and I'll hang up. So first question is, let's just say Tennessee wins their last three games and goes to a bowl game and wins. We finish eight and five. Does that put Pruitt in the conversation to be an SEC coach of the year? That would be the first question. Second question is, which one of these scenarios would jack you up and the fans up the most playing at home against Kentucky in a basketball game, being down by one point, the clock's winding down. We get a steal slam dunk through the basket. As time goes out, we win the game. Option two, we're winning against Alabama. Alabama has it first and goal. 10 seconds left in the game. They decide to throw a slant inside. We pick it up, pick it off, run it all the way back for a touchdown. Which one of those two as home games would jack you up the most and the fans the most? Dave, appreciate the phone call. To me, these are actually pretty easy. Your first question about coach of the year, Jeremy Pruitt can finish 8-5 and five this year. There's no chance no he's chance. getting coach of the Not year. I don't think you can look past the Georgia State Ward, even though it happened back on Damn. August the 31st. Also, what Ogeron's done at LSU and has Bingo. been incredible. And Coach O, I think he's run away with this thing. I think he's almost cinched it with a victory this weekend yep. against Alabama. Number two, look, the lesser of two evils. I mean, you're talking about Kentucky and Alabama. Let's be real. I've been a gridiron guy my entire life. You pick six it against Bama for a chance to end a losing streak, it's definitely Yeah, Alabama. that's the biggest one, yeah. Not to take away from your first one, but that's a slam dunk no, answer. That, you that, take the football. That is a slam dunk answer. And so I think that it, you're right because of what happened at the beginning of the season. There's no way. It's not, here's the thing, too, you have to realize. Most of the voters on these awards aren't watching Tennessee UAB. Nope. They're not watching Tennessee. They're, who knows if they're going to watch Tennessee-Kentucky. They're watching the big games in the SEC each week. And Tennessee just hasn't been involved in enough of them. And so the headlines that they're going to remember are Tennessee-BYU, Tennessee-Georgia State. And then you turned it around, and good for you. You turned it around. I, I think what Ogeron's done for him to get out of his own way, the way that he has, um, it's been pretty spectacular. And I, I don't think anybody can take this job from him. If anybody can, it's Dan Mullen. And if Florida wins out the rest of the way... I do think Dan Mullen, and they end up being 10-2 team, I do think that Dan Mullen would be the other guy in case if, if there was a collapse by LSU. That would be the other guy that could win that award. Trevor on Twitter, I had a Bowberry biscuit for breakfast, and now I'm having nachos for lunch. Thanks so much for setting Yo. my menu, the starting lineup. Did you get a donut yesterday? Do you want your chance to score from Bojangles? Because all you have to do is be callers number one and two right now to 656-9900. $25 from Bojangles if you play the game. Eric Kane awaits your phone call now. 1-866-656-9900. Hour number three of TSL kicks off with the game next here on 991 FM, the Sports Animal.